I'm David Cross, and you may know me from my election integrity work, but I also own U.S. Asset Management, a family-owned and operated investment advisory practice. I'm a certified portfolio manager, and my job is to help you make better decisions with your money. One of the things we try to avoid is investing in companies that push the woke agenda. If you're invested with one of the big firms out there, there's a pretty good chance that you're feeding the beast that hates your values. Our company is 100% conservative, and we'd love to have an opportunity to work with you. Check us out at us-am.com and look for our big, proud American Eagle logo. It is necessary to investigate before legislating. But the line between investigating and persecuting is a very fine one. The investigators tell us it seems the suspect was going to pass them, then turned and fired. Laura, what you're seeing behind me is one of multiple locations. Arise to support the impeachment of President Donald J. Trump. And I'm about to talk to him about allegations that he was involved with prostitutes in Moscow and that the Russians taped it and have leverage over him. Welcome back to Information Operation. I'm pleased to be here with Harry Hari today. And if I didn't say that last name correctly, Harry, please correct me. But he's a former NSA uh, Information Assurance Director. And fill in me on the rest of that title for me. Well, actually, I was a information architect for the okay. Information Assurance Directorate. Gotcha. So or the NSA, NSA I, I, I was a contractor, basically, not an employee, just to be okay. clear. But yeah. Um, I also have worked with many other organizations, including Sandia National Laboratories, CIA, Department of Defense, uh, Defense Information um, Agency, DISA, um, other organizations across the military. Primary focus on information fusion originally, cybersecurity. Uh, eventually got into information warfare, both offensive and defensive uh, efforts, and um, mostly from a SIGINT perspective, which mm -hmm. is, you know, watching what's happening. I've known you for a few years. Let's talk about what you're up to now. You're involved with election integrity. You've got some, I've, I've, you mentioned something, something to me about Bill Barr recently, and that really piqued my interest. So let's start with that, and then we'll go from there. So uh, we have to go back to 2020 to understand this completely, but um, mm -hmm. we were working with the Amistad Project, uh, the Kane and Associates, uh, mm -hmm. Harry Howery and Nate Kane, uh, amongst others. That's where we met, obviously. Yeah. But uh, yeah. the, uh, the, the fact of the matter is, while we were working with Phil Klein, uh, they became aware of the story of Jesse, the truck driver from New York that had dumped uh, or had picked up a, a, a semi-trailer full of what appeared to be pre-filled out ballots uh, in Bethpage, New York, and, uh, and then proceeded to, uh, through a kind of series of uh, frantic calls, try to make sure of what was supposed to happen. He was told to drop the trailer, um, and he did, and then the trailer was picked up by others and moved yeah. elsewhere. Um, of course, there was a lot of controversy about this at the time, but 
uh, Phil Klein, who, you know, most people don't necessarily know his background was the former attorney general of Kansas and, uh, was pr approaching the issue of truck of Jesse, uh, you know, being a legitimate whistleblower and, and concerned citizen. Uh, they did a number of detailed interviews of Jesse over, you know, weeks of time and they hired, uh, you know, some investigate uh, an investigative team headed by Tony Schaefer mm -hmm. and Jim Curley from New York. I believe that's his name. I'm not totally sure, but mm -hmm. um, the the fact is they were supposed to try to find corroborating witnesses or evidence, and and they were hitting a lot of, of dead ends. Uh, Nate and I uh, had knowledge of another team um, that we engaged uh, that are. Uh, street savvy, ex-intelligence, ex-you uh, know, law enforcement, particularly international DEA uh, types of connections, and uh, Wall Street complex, mm -hmm. you know, fraud and, and and whatnot. And we knew of you know we knew them and we knew their reputation, and mm -hmm. we brought them in to help uh, fill with the investigation uh, Amistad was doing of of Jesse's story about dropping the trailer full of ballots estimated yeah. to be, you know, somewhere more than 125,000 to, you know, maybe as many as 250,000 ballots. Enough to flip, flip the Pennsylvania election for sure. Easily enough to flip yeah. the Pennsylvania election. And you've got to understand the context. Uh, there is absolutely no rational reason that a, that a truckload of Pennsylvania ballots loaded just Pennsylvania ballots mm -hmm. uh, ends up in uh, New York <laughs> in, you know, yeah. Suff I, I think it started in Long Island, didn't it? Long it's Island, on, right. Yeah. Suffolk County, I believe. But and they went after not, that guy pretty hard in the press, right? And, and, and he, oh, and, they tortured him completely, of course. Yeah. Then it got, it got, uh, you know, sidetracked, let's put it right. that way. So tell us more about that. So the story gets a little bit complicated. Um, you know, basically, Bill Barr uh, was participating in the Amistad project. Um, you know, advising and 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 consulting with Phil Klein showed a lot of interest at this time on the on the election fraud issue. Um, also, seemed to be uh, you know t you know significantly aware of of Tony Schaefer's. Um, involvement in the investigation of Jesse and trying to find corroborating witnesses. Um, there was also a, a strange bobbling of, of who, uh, you know, within the FBI and the U S attorney circuits would, would take this particular issue. Um, obviously this transportation issue was uncovered in New York, the original FBI, uh, people that were connected with regard to this issue were in New York, but then it ended up in Northern Pennsylvania. There are some reasons that that might make sense. Uh, just to be clear, uh, it, it, uh, it was strange though, because the government corruption unit also happens to overlap the Suffolk County area where Beth page, New York was, uh, located. And, and, uh, so everybody thought it was going to be handled out of New York and it ends up being handled in Pennsylvania. From there, it gets bollocked up with regard to the investigation. The U.S. Postal Service, who has their own policing capability, 
uh, intercedes and uh, takes over at least part of the investigation. But, but in terms of the of the discussion we had with Bill Barr, he he has contact during this period of time with both Phil Klein and Tony Schaefer. Uh, those are personally witnessed by by several people, uh, including Nate Kane and I. Um, in terms of the phone calls, uh, one phone call from Bill Barr with Tony Shaver seemed to be quite cheerful and happy and, and pleasant. Uh, uh, and, and then later there were some other mysterious things like the reassignment of the FBI uh, district that was, or the U.S. attorney that was, was handling this investigation uh, and, the, and, and the fact that they would come back and say that uh, uh, you know, there was nothing there, there, even though the U.S. Postal Service investigation was still open. Um, as it turns out, a U.S. US Postal or USPS investigation has been published and pretty well corroborated the general story, not the specifics, of course, but the general story that, that Jesse had about the, the ballots he was, or, or the, the trailer he was hauling, let's put it that way. Yeah, so it gets, essentially it, for our audience, I mean, a bunch of ballots, over 100,000, were found, were moved from Long Island to Pennsylvania, and there's really no good reason for that. And when it, it came if, out, they suppressed uh, it. Yeah. Obviously, if the story is true, that's a wildly terrible situation, right? Yeah. Right. So, so, but, you know, th there's a couple of things that need to be understood with regard to the quote, investigation and the statements Bill Barr made clearly about the Bethpage New York situation, which is it was thoroughly investigated. Mm -hmm. The fact of the matter is it was not thoroughly investigated. As a matter of fact, it was never investigated to the best of our knowledge. Uh, the investigators we brought in, whose name I need to keep off of this because of they're, they're in a, they're actually in a sealed key tam against the DOJ and Bill Barr, for you know, lying about this situation. The the fact of the matter is that um, you know a lot of things mysteriously just kind of went away during the election. But 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 there are a couple of things that that are directly uh, you know evident from the Beth Page story. First of all, the investigators that Nate and I brought in to Amistad. Um, do end up finding corroborating witnesses from the U.S. Postal Service. So there are actually witnesses on the record with signed affidavits that indicate that they saw ballots moving, moving through Bethpage, New York. The second thing that nobody really ever talks about with regard to Bethpage, New York, is this is not an operating mail sorting center. There's no reason on the planet that, that Sort pre-sorted sorted mail is being moved through Bethpage, New York. The second, yeah. the third thing is that at least prior, I I have multiple people that have told me directly about encounters they had with Bill, you know, Bill Barr, and and prior to you know the his his leaving the administration, I don't know if this noise is coming through or not at this end. I apologize. Prior to his leaving the Trump administration, uh, he has been telling people that there's fraud everywhere. He's very interested in the fraud situation. And now, as we've learned this week, 
or this past week, uh, GBI uh, involved in a multi-state, what appears to be illegal ballot harvesting and perhaps illegal money laundering operation with the with uh, at least the Biden campaign of not the Democrat Party. Uh, the the Act Blue situation. Yeah. And, and and we find out that. Act Blue and 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 that was completely ignored by the FBI. Well, the problem is we also have a very serious allegation uh, by a by a truck driver that's just reporting what he saw that that gets discounted and attacked directly. I mean, he was attacked personally. Uh, you know, issues with his marriage were you know purposely exploited. He was harassed. I happen to know that directly because I talked to Jesse multiple times, but he thought he was doing the right thing for his country. And then Bill Barr, after having expressed all these opinions about whether or not there was election fraud, seems to at the end in public, not in private, like these other conversations were occurring, start saying that there was no no there there. There's no evidence of extensive election fraud. I, I might remind your audience that had there been 150,000 illegal Biden ballots injected into the election, if that was true, it was certainly enough to throw the election uh, in Pennsylvania, which in turn was enough by itself to change who won that election. So now did I hear, so, correct me if I'm wrong, but did I hear you say that you had heard the calls from Bill Barr that told him to stand down on that investigation or so the three calls I'm referring to all occurred in in uh, Phil Klein's workroom under the Amistad project uh, at the Weston Hotel in Arlington and uh, and Nate Kane and I were both consulting on this both from an operational uh, integrity you know kind of a blue team red team perspective talking about the theories and what might be happening how that you know such things might be being used and if they are fraudulent how they might be being injected uh, and like I said you, you know <laughs> I, I guess Tony at least initially was kind of excited because his his what he claimed to be his friend Bill Barr was calling and so he was very cheerful the first time and and it's very easy to hear Bill Barr's voice it was you know even from a distance sure. Sure. Uh, he kind of put it on speakerphone to tell you the truth and and we could all you know, anybody within 50 or 60 feet of the conversation could he'll hear Bill Barr. And it, I would say this, Bill Barr has a very distinctive voice. It was very easy to know who he was before it was announced who it was. But uh, the fact of the matter is the first call just seemed to be a process check in retrospect to see if they were finding anything. The second call uh, was kind of a admonition about Tony getting out over his skis with the work and the third call was extremely direct and and Barr basically telling Tony it was in his best interest to uh, and I'm paraphrasing quite loosely here but yeah, it's yeah. been it's been three years sure. I'm not trying to pretend that these are quotes but the fact of the matter is the message was extremely clear to Tony that he was out over his skis he, he was he was putting himself in harm's way and he needed to back down. Wow. And, uh, and Tony Schaefer has admitted this on the record, by the way, um, that he got chewed out by Bill Barr. What he hasn't talked about publicly is that there were a number of witnesses, including uh, Nate Kane and I, but 
but also others that were working in that that area that overheard these same conversations. So essentially, so, you have the attorney general telling the uh, Colonel Schaefer to stand down on the investigation, which could have flipped the election to Trump very easily. Uh, absolutely, yeah. and, and you know. Just to be clear, uh, Nate, my business partner, has entered affidavits in this sealed key tam, but they're using the sealing process to silence it. Nobody knows. That's why I can't mention the party that was involved because the court case itself has been sealed. Gotcha. But, the, but the fact of the matter is, this is absolutely true. Bill Barr tried to interfere with the investigation. What Bill Barr didn't know when he's hollering at Tony Schaefer is that Phil Klein had given the work over to another group, which, like I said, Nate and I had brought in uh, to introduce to Phil Klein that had, you know, experience on the street that would give them maybe a stronger ability in the United States anyway to yeah. find parties that would corroborate what had happened. I mean, Tony and Curly were interviewing lots of, lots of people and, and, you know, Colonel Schaefer seems to have been doing a good job, but they hadn't made progress in terms of finding USPS people that would corroborate the story. So, so anyway, the, and in my opinion, the reason the USPS story comes out the way it does, which essentially doesn't contest or or, or state, I'm sorry, it doesn't say specifically that Jesse was right about the contents, but that when Jesse's talking about the odd routing of, of this trailer, uh, that that was correct. And the reason for that, I believe, is that they already know that there are USPS witnesses that have testified by affidavit that, that this story is true. So, and they corroborated that the, that the this as i understand it i mean i haven't i didn't talk to them directly but as i understand it they corroborated not only the story of picking up and transferring uh uh you know trailers at this location they also talked about the fact that it appeared that they were ballots signed filled wow. out ballots that's that's a story in itself and an interview in itself but tell us more about what you're doing elsewhere you you're you're a very busy man so Tell us about uh, the New York effort and, and on and others. So I, you know, as you know, I, I worked with Phil Klein's effort. And, uh, mm -hmm. you know, after that, I've tried to work with a few others the Defend Florida people that turned into mm -hmm. Defend USA. Mm -hmm. um, as you also know about me, I'm a, I'm a very, you know, <laughs> reserved person. I don't, I don't get out over my knowledge very mm -hmm. far anyway. And so I, one of the things I've been trying to talk to people about is the necessity to not reach wild, unsubstantiated conclusions about what they in fact know. It yeah. doesn't mean that they can't suspect it or that there's evidence that something's terribly wrong, but that people have a tendency to make statements about things being irrefutable proof that, that don't quite meet that standard under the law. And so... What happens in that situation is they attack us with standard information warfare techniques and make us look like a bunch of, you know, wild hair on fire wing nuts. And, and, and in that kind of environment where we don't control, you know, media out, major media outlets, you know, we only have, you know, the honest media like, uh, you know, creative destruction right. or destructive media, yeah. you know, we, we, we can't get anywhere. So we have to be very, very disciplined. We can't fight this, you know, going crazy and making statements that, that cannot be 
determined to be true or proven or substantiated. If it's if it's testimony, it has to have more than one witness. And, and you know, there's a bunch of other issues. People don't understand the law very well. The the law concerning challenging elections is totally different than challenging election misconduct. We challenge the election result without proving that there was election misconduct first in 2020. And and in my opinion, which is not a lawyer's opinion, my opinion as a as a you know cybersecurity expert was that that was the wrong approach. We should have attacked the the fact that there was election misconduct. Through a wild set of circumstances, I helped write HAVA, actually, because the people writing HAVA were mostly St. Louis slash Missouri people. And uh, I consulted with the Bush administration after uh, the Bush-Gore uh, election in 2000. And, uh, and most people don't know this. They only remember that Gore lost the Supreme Court decisions. But in reality, it didn't start as a challenge to the election. It started as a, as a challenge to election misconduct, that specifically being how they counted hanging chats. Yeah. By fixing the hanging chat issue, they got to materiality. And then under the rules of equity, they appealed to the Supreme Court to change the outcome in Florida, which they did. And, and then we had Bush 43 as president. So, yeah. but the but the fact is that there is tremendous evidence. People don't want to talk about it because it's not convenient to the mainstream media. But there's evidence in every state, from Kerry Lake's election to the Georgia anomalies in Fulton, you know, of election misconduct. And when I when I talk about election misconduct, I'm talking specifically about the DOJ December 2017 guideline on prosecution of election crimes. Anybody can look it up on the web. It's an official DOJ document. Just read through the election fraud section and you'll realize that there are millions. I'm not talking about a dozen or a couple thousand, millions of examples of election fraud. And election fraud for officials is simply endorsing uh, something that they know is not correct. So when they certify an election, a certification specifically is an attestation that it was two things, both accurate and compliant with the law. How can you have a compliant election when you have millions of examples of, of misconduct inside that election? So what I did for a long time was try to find people that, that were focused on the evidence, right? What do they have evidence of and would have listened to the issue of how do you challenge elections? I mean, there's really only three ways that you challenge elections. You challenge a result through administrative law of the, at, at least at first, you can challenge it in court afterward, but, but it has to follow the administrative process first. It's like tax court. The second, the second is to charge people or, or sue them civilly even for election misconduct. The, the, the third is to try to assert some sort of civil right uh, being abridged under the law. So anyway, I found a home with New York Citizens Audit. I've been working with them for well over a year uh, as a volunteer. And, uh, and what we did is we, we took the many examples of evidence they had and, start, and Marley and her great team, she has 2000 volunteers in New York and they're, they're extremely disciplined. They range from, you know, uh, farmers and rural goat herders to PhD scientists. So they have, they have people of every ilk, including 
people that have worked in you know investigations private investigations law enforcement this time well, you'll have to and, uh get us up to speed on them so we can get more of their information in the manhattan.press which is our new york paper for sure so well we'd love to we'd love to get that out and in addition to that i've been working with uh a number of other teams so uh, kane and associates did did the cyber forensic support of the eugene u arrest and East Lansing, right. Okemos. We interviewed uh, Nate a few weeks ago, and he, he talked about that. Yeah. Yeah. So, what he may or may not have talked about is, uh, you know, they had a grand jury in in LA County. I testified at that grand jury. Uh, they were in kind of a hurry to try to get this done before you know certain things were lost, and they came to me and said, you know, who would you recommend hiring? And <laughs> I said, how about my company? And they did so. Great. So that, uh, you know, I was talking to Nate, he was, his impression was that the, the people that brought the charges were kind of on the right team, but once it got to the higher levels, it kind of got squashed. Is that there is impression? no question at all that there's political interference by Gascon. Mm -hmm. You know, I assume, I assume, I don't have any direct observation of this, but uh, uh, I assume that that, you know, was a political realization either in California or at a national level that they didn't want something that was a straight indication of uh, uh, Chinese Communist Party participation in our elections. I mean, we gathered proof that uh, that there was active participation in the conic effort. Now, I wouldn't normally be able to talk about this, but because of a, a, a judge that was uh, not performing correctly in Harris County, Texas, my affidavit was submitted in the True the Vote case against Con or supporting the True the Vote position in the case Connick brought against True the Vote in Harris County, Texas. Um, basically, what that affidavit discussed was the evidence in summary that we had found. Of course, you know we've gone to many many people uh, about this evidence, and you know to tell you the truth, most most people don't want to deal with it. It's too too big. It's too awful to contemplate that we have a foreign entity actually inside building uh, our election systems. And most people don't understand, it's not just the current Connick product, it includes the initial work that was done by Connick with UACAVA. This would be dear, you know, your own heart. The UACAVA system deals with the support of overseas servicemen uh, and women, uh, our patriots, far flung that want to vote in our federal elections and and all of their private information was available to the Chinese. Every single one of the people registered in the UACAVA system. And, in, and a lot of people are upset about the breach with regard to the voters and the breach with re regard to uh, uh, the election officials. I actually think the breach of identifying where every off-base serviceman in the, in the world that's registered to vote lives is absolutely abysmal. <laughs> they even have oh, their yeah, cell phones. You and you know what a weapon, you know what a weapon a cell phone is in times of war, right? So <laughs> what what's going to happen when all those service people, if they're still using the same cell phone, get a call uh, from the Chinese Communist Party right before something bad happens, you know. I mean, yeah, lay down and, your arms and, or, I mean, or you, else. 
Yeah. Yeah. Lay down your arms, get out of it. You better support our position. We know where your family lives. I mean, it, I mean, we did the same thing to, to Hussein, you know, before Iraq, uh, you know, sure. the Iraq war, as you know, and, and we completely, we, we completely demoralized the army because they, <laughs> they knew we knew where they lived. You know, most people don't understand cell phones, tell people where they live. And, and you say, how do they know that? Well, most people leave their phones on in the same address every day. Yeah. Uh, and sometimes all night. And that's where you live. And, yep. you know, I, even if the phone's I, off, it's still pings, right? I think they can yeah, it depends on which phone, but, but a lot of phones leak if they're not hard shut off. That, that means internal power is completely yeah. disconnected. So hey, I, uh, I, I want to have you back, but you're a wealth of information. Is there anything else you wanted to get out? No, not at the moment. I just wanted the people to know that, that you know, when you look at GBI and the fact that it was the investigation was suppressed by what appears to be direct interference by Bill Barr, that that, you know, what should have been one of the largest stories of the 2020 election was also suppressed by what I believe was official misconduct on the part of Bill Barr uh, concerning. And, and as I said, there's a sealed court case proceeding against the DOJ under a key tam. But, you know, that's going to take years before it gets sure. out. We, we need right. to we need to fix this right now. People, you know, and, and I don't say that every election official is corrupt, but they're neglecting their duty under the law. I mean, the, the, you know, there was a, there was an issue in the Supreme court in the 18, late 1800s uh, that decided that election, you know, not election, but officials acting under agency of government, city, uh, county, federal, state, they have an affirmative duty to know what they're doing. So when they say that they certify an election result, they're actually saying it's accurate and compliant and it's clear it was not compliant. I'm not talking about whether or not, you know, we can suspect that this was adverse to Donald Trump, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. These people were violating the law when they certified something was not, yeah. uh, was accurate and compliant when it clearly was neither. Harry, thank so you. You're welcome, Todd. Anytime. We'll have you back. Appreciate nice it. Nice to talk to you again. Take care. Bye-bye. Good to see you.